So I'm going to start out with a question. You ever look at the characters of the Bible? You ever look at some of the stories in the Bible? And you just think, man, it's such amazing to have that amount of faith. To be that man or woman of faith. The things that we read about, the things that you think, man, just would have been so awesome to be back in those times and to see those things happen and to be a witness or to be used by God that way. Sometimes we might even feel like some of those characters were maybe even closer to God than we could ever be. You think, man, those things could never happen to us. Those things could never happen here. Or maybe even you see Christian leaders on TV or different people and you think, man, it, there's something special about them. There's something, you know, they're, they're closer to God maybe you feel than, than you could be. I've gone through these different times, different points in my life. Sometimes where you feel like, man, everything is just great. And other times you feel like you're doing everything wrong. And there's nothing. Like, God, you don't want anything to do with me. I feel like I'm on the bench. I feel like I'm on the sideline. It's so easy for us at times to get trapped in that mindset, to think, you know what, I'm just ordinary. I'm just a regular person. I'm just doing a regular job. There's nothing special about me. What can God do with me? I'm just, just average. None of, the, none of those things could ever happen. But see, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. If God lives in you, then you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you who does miraculous things on a daily basis. Sometimes it's so easy to just look past that. We, we look at ourselves and we fail to look at who's living inside of us. The Holy Spirit of God. The funny thing about it is the extraordinary moves of God start with just ordinary acts of obedience. Look at Exodus chapter 3. I didn't put the scriptures up there. I want to go through this quickly. But Moses' first encounter with God. When you think about it, think about Sunday school I think of my kids in Sunday school and the different, every week I ask them, what'd you learn about? And all the stories, and it it brings memories to me of of growing up. And you think of Moses and the burning bush. think, wow, it's just amazing. And this bush just starts on fire. And and God says, take your shoes off, right? You're standing on holy ground. You just think of this amazing thing. But then all of a sudden, as I got older, I started to think about this. Moses' first encounter with God. If we look at Moses, what was the setting? He was in the far side of the desert. What was he doing? He was tending sheep. In fact, he, those sheep belonged to his father-in-law. And a butch catches fire. Not quite the Hollywood script you might be looking for. But when we think of Moses, obviously we know Moses, one of the great men of faith in the Bible. But when you really look at his life, was he that much different than any of us? The same things, the same God that did things through him can do those things through you. But it's so easy to get caught up. But I don't want to focus on Moses today. I want to focus on the successor of Moses. His name was Joshua. As we're going to start by reading some scripture, I'm going to start in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, because I want to set the scene for you before we go through and look at this incredible amount of faith. So starting in verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. 
No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's a pretty powerful portion of scripture right there. There's an awful lot of promises that God gives directly to Joshua as he's going forward. Many of these same promises, guess what? They would apply to us as well. God would do the same things for us. But I want to just recap. So Joshua's made the leader. God tells him to go to the promised land. What you got to remember is they've been wandering for 40 years. 40 years because of unbelief. Moses' entire generation has to be basically die off for Joe, uh, Joshua and his generation to come up and take leadership. Can you imagine being in Joshua's shoes? He's not the one that didn't have faith. Him and Caleb, in fact, said, let's go, let's do it. We can, we can do it, come on. But because of everyone else's unbelief, for 40 years they wandered in the desert. Quail and manna, that's got to get boring, right? But yet every day God provided for them. Every day he was there. Then God tells them to finally go to the promised land. And no man shall be able to stand before you in life. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to do all I commanded you. Don't turn from the law. Don't let the law depart from your mouth. Then, and then only will you be prosperous and have success. Do not be afraid or dismayed. You know how many times he said, do not be afraid or dismayed? Joshua, you're going to go through some junk. That's what he's saying. You're going to go through some stuff. Do not be afraid. Don't get down about it. So now I want to look at the rest. The next few chapters of Joshua. We're going to do this fast. Don't worry. We're not going to be here all day. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, hey, let it go. Be careful when you give me the microphone. But uh, look at Joshua chapter 3. The Jordan is parted. They go through. But specific instructions were followed by the Israelites. They did to a T what God told them to do. Going to Joshua chapter 6. This one, very popular story. We should all remember this one from Sunday school. The Battle of Jericho. I think we can all agree, very specific instructions. Seven days, right? Going around, one time around the city. The last day, go around seven times, blow the horn. What? You want me to do what? Right? But what did they do? They followed those specific instructions. And were they not successful? Absolutely. Joshua chapter 7. All of a sudden, uh-oh, Israel is defeated. What happened? One person. One person, Achan, didn't listen. Didn't follow the instructions of what God told him to do. He said, don't take any plunder. Don't take anything for yourselves. What did he do? He grabbed some silver. He hid it. Him and his family paid a price for that one. But they lost the battle. Why? they didn't follow the instructions of God. So now we go, Joshua chapter 8. 
Now all of a sudden in this one, Israel listens to the Lord, and guess what? They defeat I. Not me, but AI. That's, that's the country, or the nation, I should say. And then guess what happens? God gives them the city and the plunder. Even more was there. It was a bigger city than what Jericho was. Sometimes we, we, we don't think, we're like, oh God, this is so good. I got, you know, this is for me right here. And he tells you, no, don't, don't do that. Don't take that. I got something even better for you. But we're looking at the here and now. We're not looking down the road to see that God had even a greater plan for them. They were blessed even beyond their wildest dreams. And what did they do after they defeated them? Joshua reads the word. He reads the law back to them. Always on the forefront of their mind. Joshua chapter 9. The Gibeonites, they deceived Joshua. Here's a key in this one. Verse 14 in that chapter of, uh, of Joshua 9 says, They didn't counsel with the Lord. They made a decision without even praying about it. They didn't counsel with him. They just said, okay, you know what? This sounds all right. You guys can come up underneath this. We'll, we'll, we'll make a commitment to you. Didn't pray about it. Didn't ask God. Even after all the things that have happened up to that point, the parting of the sea, Jericho's walls come tumbling down, all these things, and then you think, man, we're on a roll, right? We're following God, and then we don't even ask him. We don't even counsel with the Lord. So what happens? Right? Now they're stuck in this commitment, which leads to Joshua 10. And this is what I really want to focus on today. In Joshua chapter 10, there's five kings and kingdoms that come against Gibeon. Now, mind you, they're in partnership. They're in a covenant relationship now with Israel. Okay, so now this drags Joshua and Israel into the mix. And this is where I want to read. Joshua chapter 10. It should be up on the screen. Verse 7 through 15. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not a man of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came up, them sudden, came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. There's action on his part right there. They, they marched all night. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon, and chased them by the way of the, the ascent of Beth Haran, and struck them as far as Azekah and Makeda. And as they fled before Israel, while they were going down the ascent of Beth Haran, the Lord threw down large stones from heaven on them as far as as Ezekiel, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the sons of Israel killed with the sword. At that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still at Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven. It did not hurry to set for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. And Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. It's pretty amazing. It's so easy to gloss over this. I'm not going to lie, I had a lot of questions. Man, the sun stood still, really. You start thinking about the science of it. Like, how did all this happen? Why did this mess up? You know what? All I know is this is the word of God. And I know it's right. 
I don't know how he did it, but he's God. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to stop it on a dime and not have everybody thrown off because of gravity, then he could do that, right? The fact of the matter is he did. He stopped the sun from going down so Joshua and the Israelites could demolish their enemies. Not only that, the Lord threw down hailstones, killed more of them just from the hailstones than anything else. But God loves everybody. There's no enemies of God. Okay. I have fun with that hailstone. But this is so awesome to me. What boldness to go before God and to say, make the sun stand still. And be honest, I've never prayed a prayer like that before. But as I started to study this, as I started to look further into this, I thought, man, there's so much here that we've missed out on so much. I've missed out on so much in my prayer life because I underestimate what God can do. Because I think so many times things might be so outrageous, so, so crazy, that you think, oh, I'm not going to do it. And you know what that happens? What happens is we end up doubting God. This is the God we serve. He is capable of absolutely anything he desires. And he hears us. My call today is that we need to pray and we need to believe like Joshua did. We need to pray and we need to believe sun stand still prayers. You say, Andy, what do you mean by that? To have incredible faith, to have incredible prayers, it means a few things. I want to make this clear. This isn't just a, I want to win a million dollars. So Lord, make the sun stand still so I can win the lottery and win a million dollars. That's not what I'm talking about. You're going to miss the boat, okay? Number one, it means we pray and we believe with his word in our hearts and in our minds. That's how you pray. According to God's word. Not according to how what we want, right? Because when we start to do that, then, then now we're going to confuse we risk confusing our agenda for what God wants to do. It's really not about us. You say, well, how do, you, how do, how do we know that? How do we, how do we pray and believe with his word? Well, you have to be in his word. You have to read his word. You have to know his word. The reason why Joshua could pray that prayer and ask God to make the sun stand still is because he knew God. He listened to what God had told him. That whole list I just went through. Go to the promised land. No man should be able to stand before you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to do all I commanded you. Joshua already knew this stuff, and he's applying this to his life. He's applying what God has already told him in his word, God's word. That's what allows him to stand up and pray a prayer like, Son, stand still. Think about this. When you're praying, think about building a case for God. To God. Now I'm not saying it's like a courtroom. I'm not saying that you've got to try to convince God of anything. He's God. Right? What are, what are we going to do? But what it does, it does something for us. Think about this. Maybe you're in a spot where you need God to provide for you. Hey, maybe you pray Matthew, pray Matthew 14. The fish and the loaves. Well, God provided you say, Lord, I know you can do this. He knows he can do it too. But what it does for you, what it does for your faith, right? 
for you to know that this is the God you serve. God, I remember when I read that in the Bible, you, you, you supplied the need for those people. Lord, I'm asking you to do that for me. Maybe you could pray like Hannah did. She wanted a child. So she prayed, God, give me a child. Maybe you're going through that situation. You believe it. You pray it. Remind God, hey, maybe, Lord, maybe I can have a story like Hannah did when you provided that child for her. What about Genesis chapter 12 when Abraham, God said, go. We think about it in our lives. So many times we're like, Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just walking out this thing called life. There's so many things I, I don't know about my own life personally. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I can tell you one thing, that there is nothing like the feeling when you get to share God's word. I know that's one thing beyond a shadow of a doubt God's called me to do. What do I do the rest of the week? Man, I build coolers, let cooler panels fall on my face and break my nose. It's a whole lot of fun. Not really. But you got to make a living somehow, right? But there's nothing like that feeling. When the Holy Spirit speaking through you, God using you, I know that's one of the things I'm called to do. So Abraham sets out, Lord, I don't know. You're telling me to go. Where am I supposed to go? Just go. He has that faith. Maybe you're in a career situation right now. You don't know where to go. You don't know what, what route to take. Maybe you can pray that Abraham prayer. Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm going to start walking. And I'm going to trust you to lead me where I need to go. Number two, I want you to understand something about incredible faith and prayers. It doesn't mean our prayers work the way that we want every time. Okay? I want to make this very clear. This is not prosperity message. This is not anything like that. It's not God. I want, I want a Rolex God. I, I, I want a mansion. I want all this. That, that's not the way it's where He's not a genie. Okay? You want a genie? Go watch Aladdin. He's not a genie. But what it does mean is that God is working even when my prayers don't seem to be working at all. But when they don't seem to be going out the way that I planned it in my mind, guess what? I know. I have confidence. I have faith that God is still working it out, even though I may not see. Our faith doesn't control God. Do you understand that? Some people will try to tell you that. Well, if you just have enough faith, you'll be healed. I've known people with great faith. And you know what? They've had cancer. They've died. And God's used that as a testimony. And I've watched them. How amidst the pain and the suffering, they stood tall. And they served God to their last breath. And you want to know what? That spoke more to me than maybe them being healed. I've also witnessed people being healed. First youth trip I ever took with Crusaders. We're down in Atlanta. This girl... Messed up her ankle, twisted her ankle, probably a high ankle sprain, something like that, now that I know the sports stuff. Back then, I didn't really know that stuff. So it was all swollen up. She had this cast. Guess what? One night, all these people are praying for her, and right as they're praying for her, this cast just slides right down her leg. All the swelling goes. She starts jumping up and down. Does it mean he's going to do it every time? No. Do I know why? I don't know why. I wish I could tell you I don't, but I can tell you he's God. So maybe you're in a day where you don't have much faith at all. Maybe you sit here and say, I don't have any faith, God, but you cry out to him anyway. Guess what? He's God. The measure of your faith, okay, it's not like a bank account. It's not like I just got all this faith, so you know what? Because I got all this faith, then that tornado is going to jump over my house and it's going to hit my neighbor's house. 
That's great. That's real loving. <laughs> I say this only because some friends of mine that I traveled with, this happened down in Georgia. They posted it on Facebook. They meant well, and I know their hearts. I know they mean well. But when I thought about it, I was like, they just don't realize how this comes across. Because they came, they, you know, they wanted to do a praise report, like, you know, this tornado came through and we prayed and we prayed against so it. We, we have power and authority over the weather and all this kind of, right? They were saying, and, and, and the tornado jumped over our house, but it hit their neighbor's house. You going to go help them clean up? You going to let them stay at your house for, you know, a while until they get it, you know? So just because it doesn't work out, just because our prayers don't seem to be answered the way that we want them to be answered or, or at the time when we want them to be answered, okay? The one thing we can, we can guarantee, we know that God is a good father. We know that he has our best interests in heart. I learn this more and more every day. Nathan will be five next week, right? And even when he does just stupid things, Right? I, there's times where I still, I just, I don't, I don't want to punish him. I know I need to, right? I know to be a good father, I know I need to. But moms and dads, you probably understand. There's times where you just don't, man, you love them so much, you don't want to do that, but you don't want to see them to go through heartache. You don't want them to go through trouble, right? Man, if that's how we are as earthly parents, man, I would think God is. The other thing I want to be careful with, I want you to be careful, is don't build your case on what you think you deserve. I've heard this from people too. Well, God, you know what? I, I've, I've been going to church faithfully for, for six months, and you know what? I, I, I've, been, I, I've been an usher, and I've been doing this, and you know, I've been doing all this stuff. Don't ever go down that road, because you're going to get what you're asking for, okay? He said, what do you mean by that? Because our righteous acts are like filthy rags before Almighty God, okay? You might think that you're, you're doing all these great things, okay? But in the end, none of that stuff matters. I think I'm good, I think I deserve to be blessed because I'm being good. I heard this story of a kid that was going to school, and his, uh, his teacher was also coach, football coach. And he, had a, he also taught a class, and so he would go into the coach's class, and uh, it was pretty laid back. And I, Alex is not here today, I wish he was, but we, we had a, a baseball coach in high school. He's many years advanced from me, but uh, we had the same baseball coach, same coach, Mr. C. Joel remembers him. As a teacher, the guy really did next to nothing. Come in his class, sometimes he'd turn on TV, sometimes he gave us coloring sheets in high school. I'm serious, he did. Right? So I had, I, I'm thinking, I'm reading the story, and I'm thinking the same thing. I can, I can see this play out in my mind. And so this young man in the story, he, 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 he's getting a C for his grade. So he goes to the teacher, and he goes to his coach. He says, man, you know, something's not right. You know, I think we need to look at this. And, uh, you know, a C, come on, you know. I, and the coach looked at him and said, you know what, you're right, let's re-examine this, let's look over. And he opens up the grade book and he starts looking through and he's averaging out all these zeros and everything in there. He's like, you know, you're right, you really don't deserve a C, you deserve an F. And the kid's like, whoa, ho- wait a minute, hold on. Uh, uh, that C sounds good right now, I'll take that. That's, it's okay, just sit down, go back to your seat, right? Because that's what happened, that's what would happen for us if we were to go to God that way. God, look at this. I did X, Y, and Z. I did all these things, Lord. Now bless me. Come on. Come on. Do this on my behalf. When it all averages out, we just still have an F. So you don't want to get caught up in that. The third thing it means is it means that we stop hunting and pecking to find the will of God. You ever heard these type of prayers before from people? Lord, if it be your will, 
I understand the intent behind it, okay? I understand the heart behind it. Mean well. But it's our duty as believers to know and understand his will. It's our duty as believers to be in his word, to know him, to know what he wants from us. That we don't have to pray that if it be your will, because we know his will. We know what he wants for us in our lives. It's like uh, we got to give God an out clause. It's kind of what that's like. Lord, uh, you know, I'd really, really love to be healed, but, but if it be your will, because, you know, I know and, and you know what that does? It doesn't reflect on God, it reflects on us. That we don't truly believe in this God that makes the sun stand still. We don't really believe that he still heals today. We, we don't really believe that he still changes circumstances today. What you believe about God will de- directly determine your faith and in, in, in tow with that, your impact on the world. Do you believe God is who he says he is? Do you believe he's the king of, king of the world? Do you believe he's the, the Lord of lords? Do you believe the things that he'll do? Sometimes I always hear to, you know, I've heard Pastor Frank say this one before. People will say, well, God, I just pray that you'd be with me today. Do you understand how dumb we sound sometimes when we pray? Like, I get it. Sometimes it's, you know, you pray in front of people and you just don't know what to say. And so you just kind of, Lord, be with me today. Well, if you're a born again believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He's with you all the time, Right? And again, I understand the intent, okay? I'm not trying to bash people over the head here. Because I prayed that prayer. I've done that too, okay? So I'm, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. God's the one that throws the hailstones. <laughs> but, but we've been there. But understand who you are. Understand who he is, right? God's always with you if you're a believer in Christ. The fourth one. For incredible faith and incredible prayers, I want you to understand this last thing. They are attached to practical obedience. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, if we look at verse 9, and I pointed this out for just a second when we read the whole thing. So God's already told them, nobody's going to defeat you. Nobody's going to beat you. So what do they do, Joshua and his men? They marched up all night from Gilgal. They didn't sit there and wait and said, okay, God, we're waiting for you to send that private jet in so we can get loaded up and we can head out. And people say, well, how far was it? They say it was about 20 miles. 20-mile march overnight and then go into battle and fight all day. And it was an extra long day because the sun stopped. <laughs> right? The other thing, I don't know how true this is, but I read that it was also uphill. It started to sound to me like one of those things your parents used to tell. When I was young, we'd walk to school with one boot uphill both ways. <laughs> so I don't know, but maybe it was. Maybe it was uphill. But the point is, Joshua and his men, they went. They did what they could do. They did what they were empowered to do, right? They did the natural, and God did the supernatural. As it says that God took out more of them than Joshua and his boys did. I'm sure they, they, Joshua, they did good. I'm sure they took out a lot of people, but nothing like the Lord. Okay? So if you're going to pray for God to make the sun stand still, then you better be ready to march all night. 
Let that sink in for a minute. If you want God to do these extraordinary things, then guess what? Faith without works is dead. It means we as believers, as children of God, we got to go. We got to do what we can at that moment. It's like a pastor I heard talking about his second child. When when his second child was born, they had some complications. That umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. Okay? And so all of a sudden, the nurses come in, and, and, and I could play this out of my head. Not that we had an umbilical cord wrapped around Naomi's neck, but Naomi came right away. Okay? Uh, uh, and, and so they didn't believe Deanna. She's like, no, I'm pushing. The baby's coming. They didn't believe her. Then all of a sudden, one of the doctors came in, and then it, it was just like flies. They just came in everywhere. I just remember it vividly. They, yeah. And if you know her, yeah. Okay? So I'm envisioning this, and it's said in this story, right? And he says, he starts asking these questions. Why are all these doctors, why are all these nurses coming in? The doctor and the nurse just look at him and says, we can't talk about this right now. The cord is wrapped around the head. You have minutes, you have seconds in that instance to make decisions, to go in and do it. It's not a moment, no matter how godly you feel you are, it's not a moment where you say, you know what, Doc, I think we need to pull aside here, and I think all of us just need to huddle up, and we just need to start praying, and we need to do this. There's times where you have to do what you can and pray while you're doing it, okay? It's like the times where you see people out in the corner, and I know this gets tough, right? This has been very tough for me the last few years. People asking for things, they want things, okay? That's not an instance where I say, God, you know, somebody comes up with a need, a legit need. Hey, I, 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 I need food. That's not something I got to say, you know what? Hold on, I got to pray about that. Because I already know God's word, what it says. It says, feed the hungry. It says, clothe people. Right? It says heal the sick, take care of widows, take care of orphans. Right? So that's not something I have to pray about because I already know. God's already told me that that's something I need to do. So there's times where we need to make that action. We've got to do what we can. We're ready to march all night. Joseph applied himself physically and mentally. So I find people to say, you know what? I need a better marriage. I'm going through a tough time. You know, I just don't know if we can make it. Well, maybe you should invest in your spouse. Maybe you should spend more time. Maybe you should do things that they want to do. Maybe you should build them up. Maybe you should edify them. Right? Maybe you should do what you can or what you're supposed to be doing already to get there. Oh, I need a new job. Okay. Well, then maybe we should update our resume. Maybe we should uh, get our shirt ironed and our pants ironed. Right? Maybe we should go out and put some applications in. Right? Oh, I, I want to be debt-free. Man, it'd be great if God just let me win the lottery, right? That would just be so awesome. Well, maybe you should get a calculator out <laughs> in your bills. It sounds funny, but I'm serious, right? We need to be stewards of what God gives us. We get a calculator, get your bills, repent of the wrong spending. Ask God for self-control. We're coming to the end, don't worry. We're almost there. These guys are up for me. I'm going to have them play in just a minute. Maybe you're sitting here, you want a spouse, there's nothing wrong with that. But then stop going to the club or the bar to look for them. Come to church. Maybe be a greeter and keep your eyes open. I'm just saying. Doesn't have to be as difficult as we make it. And people say, God, I need you to help me lose weight. Put the donut down. 
Put it back. Right? Let's exercise a little bit. And then repeat. Okay? We do what we can, what God has enabled us to do, right? We do the possible. He does the impossible. We do the natural. He does the supernatural. But we can't expect God to do all these things if we're not willing to do our part and carry our load. He doesn't need our help. It's not like he's over here. Oh, man, Andy, come over here. This thing's heavy. I need you, I need you to come. No, he's not like that. He doesn't need us, but he chooses to work through us. We need to take action. This is something that's been stirring for, for a while. I, I told Jim a couple weeks ago, we had the church fast. We've been having all these words from the Lord for the last month, for the last six weeks about it, action. It's time to go, right? Put your faith in action. Keep going. Let's go out. God has given us this building. He's given us. We, we, have, we have a problem right now. You know, we're getting too full on Sundays. That's a good problem to have. So why don't we start praying some God, stand the sun still uh, 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 prayers for a building, right? Whatever that looks like, I don't know. But God, we're, we're praying to you to open this door for us, to magnify our influence. Maybe there's something in your life that you need to deal with. Maybe there's those things, some of those easy things that we just talked about. Maybe, maybe your marriage, right? Maybe a job, maybe debt, maybe sickness, right? Today's a day that, that you can say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to make my son stand still prayer for you today. And I'm going to stick to it. And you know what, God? Whether or not I see results, I'm going to have faith in you anyway. Because I know you're able. I know you can do it. And I'm going to do what I can to put myself in position for you to do the supernatural. I'm going to be obedient to what your word says. I'm going to be obedient to know what your word says and to know what the will of God is for my life. To walk that out every day. And so I talked to these guys. I wanted to have an opportunity for us to respond to the Lord today. Today's a day where we can draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, God, I've been dealing with some stuff that I'm just not meant to deal with anymore. God, I, 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 I've been trying to do things on my own. I, 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 it's time to, 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 to have you intervene, to have the sun stand still in this situation in my life. For every one of us, is going to be different. And listen, you don't have to have just one, right? This isn't something that just, you know, I got one moment, I'm going to save that sun stand still moment for a really good one in my life. No. What is it today that you need God to intervene with? Maybe it's a healing in your body, right? Let's pray for that today. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Let's pray for that today. Maybe it's a new job. Let's pray for that, right? Let's come boldly to the throne of grace. We know what his word says. We know his thoughts that he has towards us. So let's do it. And then let's walk it out. Let's do what we can, what he's enabled us to do, the gifts that he's given us to do to go forward and watch him do the supernatural. So what I want these guys to do, they're, they're, they're going to play one song, I believe. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe God's going to do more. I don't know. They're going to play one song. We're going to worship God the one that makes the sun stand still, okay? And this is your opportunity, this is your chance 
Let's make that declaration today before God. What is that thing in your life that you've been struggling with that you need God to make the sun stand still? Let's put it before him today. Maybe you need to come up here in your prayer. The elders are going to be up here. Maybe you guys will be on the sides or something. Maybe you need prayer. You need somebody to pray for you. Maybe you just want somebody to pray for you right around there. Ask somebody. I don't know anybody that would be like, no, I don't want to pray for you. (laughs) We're in church. (laughs) Right? But let's be bold. Let's go after it. Let's ask God. Let's pursue him. Let's watch him do miraculous things. We sing songs about it all the time. But now it's time for action. Now it's time for us to put feet to our faith. Maybe you're in here today and say, well, that's all good and everything, but I don't don't even have a relationship with God. Guess what? There's an opportunity for you to do that too. You can come up here. We'll pray with you. We'll We'll tell you what it means to be a child of God, right? To be forgiven, to be set free. But don't walk out of those doors today saying, man, I wish I would have, you know, I should have gone up. I should have got this. I should have put this before God. I should have. I should have. Don't let that happen to you today. If it's for salvation, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Right? Maybe today is your day for healing. Maybe today is the day for that anxiety to go away. Maybe today is the day for that relationship to be healed. He's put the offer out there. We know what his word says. So now it's time for you to put those feet to your faith. Guys, go ahead and...